Welcome to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm Jason. Whoa. (laughs) Master, you screwed up our opening, because I wanted people to know, not only that my name is Tom Chick, but that I am Uh, level 15 in Skyrim. I'm uh, Jason McMaster. I'm level 24 in Skyrim. And I'm Justin Utag, and I'm level 38 in Skyrim. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Wow. Damn. As in, as in 3-8, as in two more levels and you're level 40, Justin? Yeah. Now, now I feel really bad about that. Well, you should. You made me and McMaster look like the slackers that we are. Nah, don't feel bad. <laughs> I played a lot of Saints Row 3. <laughs> but see, I played well, Saints Justin- Row 3 and Skyrim, so like... Oh, God. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll bring up our levels in Saints Row 3 a little later as well. Uh, Before we do that, I want to apologize for the music, because as it was playing, I realized how much I hate this song. Uh, It it does tie into my choice for Game of the Week, so I promise it's relevant, even though I hate it. It's a little too laid back. McMaster, what do you think of Blondie as a group? Blondie's all right. I don't know. Justin, as the uh, at one time you were the youngest legitimate poster on Quarter to Three. Do you know who Blondie is? Uh, yeah, I couldn't give an opinion though. <laughs> Have you ever played a Blondie song in Rock Band? Uh, probably. Okay, huh? played a lot of Rock Band. Heart of Glass. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, yeah, I apologize for Titus High. It's a little too laid back for my purposes, but there we go. So, uh. Justin, you are known as Demon G Sides. You and I hung out for a while in a previous podcast, so I would invite folks who might be curious to know, hey, who's this Justin Uteg guy? Listen to the Demon G Sides podcast. We talk a lot of StarCraft. We talk a lot about, uh, I seem to recall you were into those Dynasty Warriors games, which are inscrutable. Oh, yeah, we had a lengthy discussion about ancient China and ancient Japan. And you're totally into that stuff, which I, I was fascinated by. Uh And you are too young to know who Blondie is, so there. (laughs) Uh, McMaster, what format should we use for this week's podcast? Uh, Variety. Variety Mm. show. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, Uh, can you be our master of ceremonies? Oh, sure, sure. Um, I don't know. You guys want to go? Well, let's do do post of the week first. Um, Tom, would you like to do yours? (laughs) Yes, my post of the week is one that I wrote about Skyrim. What do you think about that for the front page? <laughs> I actually really liked that post, except for the fact that you refer to me as Lydia a lot, and it horrifies me. It does seem a little weird now that I have <laughs> sort of an attachment to, to Lydia. I do want to say, uh, so I posted on the front page about how I, I lost Lydia. I left her behind, and I couldn't figure out where she went. She didn't die. Uh, I, don't, I went to the normal places I thought she was supposed to be. She wasn't there. Uh, I finally did reunite with her she showed up in the little house that you buy in whiterun and i've decided after playing last night dead gun i'm not dragging her around anymore because i did a really tough dungeon last night and she kept dying so every time that happened i would have to reload and play the stupid battle again and i'm sick and tired of caring enough about lydia that i have to replay these battles until she lives so it's over i'm done i'm from now on just going to have companions that that i don't care about so that's my post of the week, and that, you know, I lost Lydia, I found her, and now I'm done with her. It's over. That's oh. kind of sad. In my categories. Well, what was that, Justin? That was very, that's very sad. 
Well, what's I felt your... really bad killing Lydia. You killed her? Oh yeah, I I, I basically decapitated. I, I mean, if it had shown the animation, that was the only other way. She was on the ground, like begging for me to save her, and I accidentally put my sword right through her. That's kind of mean, <laughs> but I guess that'll take care of the problem. It was in a raid, and she wasn't doing anything, so... <laughs> All right. Uh, well, maybe, you know, once you get to be level 38, maybe you can do that kind of thing. Uh, for me, Dragonborn level... waits for no man. There you go. Hey, you're Dragonborn, too, because I got that also. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> what are the odds? That's uh, weird. I will say, you know, well, you know, we'll get to this in a minute. I suspect this might show up for one of our uh, games of the week, but there's my post of the week. I'm going to pick my own post from the front page. Uh, so there. So who's up next, McMaster? Um, I don't know. Would you like to go, Justin? Uh, actually, you go. All right. <laughs> my post of the week is, and it's, it is, it's my fox stab. It is, this is how the end begins. And, uh, really it's not, so much what's said in the post, but what it links to, which is a rock, paper, shotgun article about uh, making two million euros from one item in uh, one of their pay-to-play games. And, uh, where basically there's these like little satellites that can help you in the game, or drones, actually. And you have to have all these other drones collected to make this tenth drone, which is really badass. So... Um, this company on four days uh, allowed people to buy these drones for a thousand euros a piece, and it apparently made uh, two million euros. Wait, what game is this? Eve Online? No, it's uh, Dark Orbit. I mean, it's not even like anything you know, like uh, that big. You know, actually, I know Dark Orbit runs a lot of uh, like Google ads. When I was working at Sci-Fi. I think they listed Dark Orbit in their little game section. Uh, so they were, wait a minute, hold on. Now, I, I hear stuff like this, and I immediately like a red flag goes up, and I'm like, what What are we not finding out? So what you're telling me, McMaster, and what you found out through Foxtab, I guess, is that these guys sold for 1,000 euros, and that, that's something like 10,000 U.S. dollars these days. For 1,000 yeah, euros, they were selling in-game items that people actually bought? Uh, that's what uh, this is saying, yeah. Can, can anyone, Justin, can anyone verify this? Justin, can you verify that? I, I, I don't want to say he's wrong. I think I've heard, I heard that somewhere. I'm not going to say it was the same post as Foxstab, but I remember seeing two million thrown about on one of my gaming sites, so that might be it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be the naysayer here. I don't I don't know. Just going on my gut instinct, I'm gonna say there's no way that happened. Well, uh, according to Simon Davis. Uh, producer no, of the true. game. Uh, he said he has been authorized to say that the company has now sold uh, the 2,000th drone as of the 16th of November 2011. Wait a minute, let me do some quick math. So 2,000 times 1,000 is 20,000. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're close, man. <laughs> so, and, and they sold these for cash, or is there some shenanigans going on where it's 
the the equivalent of in-game money because they're you know I, I called out this company called uh, Mind Dark last week where they'll they'll throw out real-world figures, but what they're really doing is uh, some sort of bookkeeping shenanigans by equating in-game value very liberally with real-world value. So that's what I'm going to guess is going on here is that there's some kind of accounting shenanigans going on where they're saying this is worth a thousand dollars in real-world money. You own this in the game, so therefore you've got you've basically paid a thousand dollars worth where no actual money changed hands. I'm going to assume, I'm going to guess that maybe stuff like that happened. Now I could be wrong, but as the I as mean, the the resident naysayer, that's that's my guess here. Sure, I mean you know I don't know. I wasn't there. I haven't seen the books. I'm just saying that uh, I, I do find it funny. I mean, and the title of this post is correct. This is how the end begins. That's kind of horrifying that you can sell a virtual if that's true. Right. Yeah, I'm seeing it reported on other websites too, so that's not just like a random thing. So <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Uh, Justin, what's the what's the what's the thing you've bought online that you're the most sheepish about ever? Do you have the horse armor in Oblivion? Oh yeah, of course. I'm not sheepish about that at all. <laughs> well, you know what, it's Justin? Nice armor, right? <laughs> My guy looks sweet in elven armor. That horse is badass. If you're going to be taken in, at least be proud about it, Justin. So exactly. More power uh, to you. Embarrassing thing. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever bought an outfit for a Street Fighter character? Oh, not a big fighter. Not a big fighting game fan. Like I had Mortal Kombat, but I never spend money on DLC. Did you ever buy a new outfit for, say, Chow Chow in Dynasty Warriors Six? <laughs> yeah. I bought. Uh, I mean, I bought new robots in Dynasty Warriors Gundam, which I mean, they're kind of different, but I feel bad about that. Ah, there you go. Okay, I think that is mockworthy, Justin, because the robots. I played one of the Gundam games, and it seemed like the differences were so minimal amongst all those different robots. So I mean, the f- you push the same buttons, and they all do roughly the same thing. But they look a little different doing it. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> Uh, I bought the, uh, not not even Robin, uh, Nightwing skin for Batman Arkham City. Uh, you know what I say I bought it? It was, uh, I, I, I hit up the PR company for it, so I didn't technically buy it. I would have bought it if my Xbox 360 account hadn't been hacked. Yeah, I bought the, uh, I bought that expansion pack, if that's what you're talking about, with the extra maps and stuff. The Nightwing thing or the Robin thing? Yeah, the Nightwing thing. Because Nightwing, do you get extra maps? I wasn't aware you got extra yeah, maps. I mean, yeah, with that pack, you play. You, there's like a couple that you can only play as Nightwing, and then you can play through all of them as Nightwing as well. So. Okay, well, good. I feel less sheepish about my purchase. So. Yeah, no, that was, that was fine. <laughs> uh, I did, however, I should say, I, I paid a 1,000 euros for a satellite in dark orbit. I, I didn't want to mention that. I, th- I thought you had. <laughs> I, knew you, I knew it was like, I knew it was either. All right, so McMaster, that was your post of the week. Now, McMaster, I presume you're you're horrified, and and this this fox stab fellow <laughs> similarly horrified by this, right? Yeah, this is sad. Yeah, I mean, and it's not you know, hey, good on them. You know, if you can sell it, fine. I just you know, good lord, it's uh, virtual. All right, <laughs> uh, Justin, over to you then. What is your choice for a post of the week? All right, Skyrim-related. Alice there in the spoiler-free Skyrim thread posted a piece of Chicago architecture that was very reminiscent of a dragon wall. And his his post attached to it basically was something like, I, you know, I I, uh, had to take a second glance or something like that as I thought I just unlocked a new dragon shout. And it's happened to me multiple times in other games, and it just made me giggle, so... 
Wait, what happened to him? So he saw a real wall he, in he, Chicago. He saw this this wall. It was like it's like a, a piece of architecture. It doesn't look like it actually does anything. And he was like taken aback. Like he thought for a second, like, oh no, oh wait, new dragon shout. And then he realized he was actually living life and not playing Skyrim. <laughs> So it's a, an instance of what we call bleed through, where you've yeah. been playing a game so much that something in the real world, you basically briefly think you're in the game world again. Uh, yeah, very, very much a, a, a Dead Rising type of moment. How, how so a Dead Rising? That's happened to you in Dead I mean, Rising? When Dead Rising came out, I couldn't go to the mall for like three months. I will say I was in Vegas recently for a press event, and I could not freaking stop thinking about Dead Rising <laughs> 2. Yeah, I, I kept thinking about uh, the Fortune City, you know, going around the oh hotels, God, seeing all the kitsch, thinking, oh, yeah, that looks like something out of Dead Rising 2. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Master, of, uh, what's the last instance of bleed through that you suffered? Oh, God. I don't know. It's actually kind of been a while. Uh, yeah, I used to have it a lot with World of Warcraft. Like a few years ago, uh, just like thinking I was gonna need to harvest stuff or uh, when driving. <laughs> you'll see like a, a mineral node on the ground, and you'll I'll be like, oh, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Alistair, uh, seeing Skyrim stuff around Chicago, Justin, that is your. Uh, you said Chicago, was it? Yes, yes, it was Chicago. So here in Los Angeles, where it's pretty pleasant weather. You know, Skyrim's pretty harsh, cold, Norse, you might say. Uh, I don't get a lot of Skyrim vibes just in day-to-day life in uh, in L.A. Uh, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, McMaster, now you're out there, I think, in North Dakota, am I right? Yeah, somewhere like that. I yeah. think of North Dakota. I can imagine parts of North Dakota would look a lot like, say, the Reach area in, uh, on that, that sort of left side of the map on Skyrim. Well, no, I'm in Cincinnati, which is nothing like that, unfortunately. Cincinnati is in North Dakota, is that right? Yeah, it's near it. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's more like Battlespire, not as much Skyrim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin, where are you? What part of the country are you in? I'm in upstate New York. And do you get a strong Skyrim vibe out there ever? Um, Yeah, at times. I mean, I'm, I'm in like a valley, so like... I don't know, I guess you could kind of, sort of... There's hills, so, like, everything's taller than you around here, so it makes sense. Yeah, you get a very Skyrim-y vibe at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my area is more... my part Where I live in L.A., uh, near the Angeles National Forest, is much more Cyrodiil, I, I think. It's the vibe. Yeah, I, I'm probably not so much a Skyrim. I'm a little... I, I know places in upstate New York that would be very Skyrim-y, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not where I'm currently at. Right. Right. Probably more of a Morrowind, kind of gross... There's a couple of bodies of water nearby. All right, so uh, that's our uh, those are our posts of the week. Uh, a little bleed through action. A little two of them about Lydia and uh, two of them about Lydia. Two of them about Skyrim. I've got Lydia <laughs> on the brain. Uh, and uh, and McMaster's uh, delight with the success of free to play MMOs <laughs> named Dark Orbit. Uh, by the way, McMaster, did that make you want to try Dark Orbit and see what game is this that people are willing to buy a satellite for a thousand bucks? No. <laughs> I, I'm not that curious. All right. Uh, so, McMaster, what's our next segment going to be tonight? And let's see uh, how work Skyrim into it. Um, news. Let's news. do news. All right. And, uh, you know, I'll go first. Why not? All right. Uh, World of Warcraft turns seven. Today. Hooray. Seven, seven years of Blizzard dominance. 
today. So on uh, we're, we're taping on November 23rd. Uh, World of Warcraft started started on November 23rd seven years ago. Yep, 2004. I did not know that. Yep, and I was playing before that. I was in the early betas. I've played the game a long time. <laughs> seven doesn't seem that old, considering I just played a ten-year-old game, uh, the remastering of Halo. Uh, ten years, once you get into double digits, it kind of blows my mind. Uh, seven years, I guess that's old, but doesn't seem that old to a guy who just played a ten-year-old game, I'm saying. That's pretty old for an online game. Yeah, it's pretty old for an MMO. It is true, I guess, and they've never rebooted the engine or anything, have they? Like, it's basically a seven-year-old, they've, they've updated it. Mm, yeah, they didn't totally reboot it. They did add, like, DirectX 11 support with Cataclysm. So it's like some of the water and everything looks cooler and... Some but nice for all stuff. intents and purposes, the basic technology is what... what Still there. Seven, yeah. yeah. And I every mean, human male looks stupid as hell. Yeah, they do look pretty stupid. Come on, are there no dignified male characters in World of Warcraft? Is that true? My my dignified male character was not dignified at all. <laughs> no. No. But and, what about, uh, what about uh, uh, the Taran Shaman? Aren't they pretty dignified looking? Uh, if you like big cows and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who plays with a cow? <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, seven. So yeah, hey. All right. Well, happy birthday, World of Warcraft. Seven years old. Uh, Justin, when's the last time you booted up World of Warcraft? Um, I played for the first time less than a year ago. Um, I started playing with one of my friends, and I am now three months clean of World of Warcraft. So basically, uh, it took for like a, several months, and then you're done with it. Is that is that how that went? Yeah, I, I managed to get an undead mage to like 74, and then I'm like, I do not like this game, and then stop playing. <laughs> no, it took you to level 74 to realize that. I, I, I spent a lot of money on. I bought everything. Like, <laughs> I bought oh, all the yeah, I bought all the games, all the expansions, yeah. and I was like, shit, yeah, I'm gonna get into World of Warcraft. And I was like, I can do this. Once I get to 85, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. And it just never got there. You know what, Justin? Maybe you should go back and just grind out those last few levels just to be sure. Yeah, probably not. I have several characters. I, 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 will, I will probably come back when Pandaria comes out. I'll try it out, yeah. All right. Uh, all right, well, happy birthday, World of Warcraft. That is big news. Um... Uh, Jason McMaster, who is going next with their news story of the week? Well, let's be a good uh, host and let Justin go next. All right. What do you got for us, Justin? All right. My news story is kind of it's a developing one. Um, there's a rumor that the new Command & Conquer is going to come out under Bioware, which I'm pretty excited about. What? <laughs> That's very yeah. confusing to me, Justin. <laughs> Command and Conquer, um, EA did a whole like shake up with how they're like labeling games, so now they have like EA games, EA Sports and all that stuff. And Bioware gets its own label now. So the new Command and Conquer is being teased that it might be coming out for Bioware. Like under Bioware. And which not I'm hoping means that it's gonna be better than like the last previous few showings. So the last few Command and Conquers have been developed by their uh, L.A. group. Here in L.A., there's a group called EA L.A. Uh, makes sense. Uh, so is the talk, Justin, that, that it's actually being developed by some of the Bioware guys, like, up in Canada, or that they're just using a branding strategy? Do we know? I think it's just a branding strategy. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, 
And it what says uh, that Victory Games is going to be doing it, and Victory Games is out of Massachusetts. Yeah. No, wait, I, I could be wrong, but are they the guys? Haven't oh. they been doing like maybe maybe it is? Like I, I seem to recall the folks who did the expansion, this Witch King expansion for Battle for Middle Earth Two. I want to say the that was Victory Games. I could be wrong, and I, that it's a Massachusetts group. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised uh, if maybe EA is tapping them to do a new Command and Conquer. Do you know if I'm right on that, Justin? I could be wrong. I I, I don't. Okay. I, uh, I was a uh, console Battle for Middle Earth 2 player, so I didn't get the sweet expansions. Now, uh, what are the source of these rumors, Justin? Is this just sort of buzzes? Is there anybody reputable putting their name forward saying, yeah? Um, no, there was a, a LinkedIn resume that someone saw that, ah. the, that got posted on Joystick about... Joystick posted something a couple days ago about um, them actually like teasing it, and they had like an up close view of a tank shooting something else, but you couldn't really tell what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're saying it might be Command and Conquer, and that's probably what's got me most like excited. So, Justin, where do you stand? I know you're a StarCraft II player. Where do you stand on the CMC games? Um, Generals was a lot of fun. I've been playing, believe it or not, a lot of generals in the last few months. Uh, at, at one point, in, had a great it, time with that. You know what? I, there, there are some great things in general. Like I've always been a fan of the stuff. Most of the stuff that EALA does, I loved the Battle for Middle Earth game. And me and some buddies were here one night, and we were just like looking at some of the games on the shelf. And a couple of us started reminiscing about how awesome Generals was, and we pulled it down and reinstalled it and put on the Zero Hour expansion. Uh, and Generals has a lot going for it. It's uh, it, it, it's fast. It's fluid. It's got enough strategy. The interface isn't horrible, which is a big issue with a lot of older RTSs, um, and it just has so much personality. Uh, they they just did such a good job with generals. Like I always thought, the other Command and Conquer stuff with uh, what's like like Kane and Nod and the Iberian Sun. Yeah, yeah, like all that stuff. I just I that stuff took itself awfully seriously, and I always thought it was a little goofy. It didn't do much for me. But uh, those real-world factions and how playful Generals is always works so well for me. I love that tone. Um, Probably about 60% of the reason I liked the like futuristic sci-fi Command & Conquer's was because of the live action. Um, mm-hmm. The two newest ones, Red Alert was fun. It was over the top, which is why I liked it, you know, like the, the Russians having the bears and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Red Alert games, I think, were better than the regular Command & Conquer, like Tiberian Sun and all that. I didn't really like those. They seem to be catered to a specific like crowd who likes like matching one one unit being the mammoth tank and then just running over everything they come across. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you try Command and Conquer Four? Yes, I think so. I so had that, that I played was... it on the consoles probably, so that's probably why I didn't like it. Uh, no, that was the one. Was that on consoles? It might have been. That was the one where uh, you pick uh, basically like an air tank or infantry group, and you're you're on a team, and you can only bring in a certain number of units. Uh, it had a very. It was similar to a, a an RTS called World in Conflict, uh, where you you were part of a big team, and you only had a small number of the units, and your team had to work together and move around the map, and you collected these crystals to unlock new. Upgrade levels, and you basically had to grind either the multiplayer or the single player to unlock units. Uh, it was a very different direction for Command and Conquer, and a lot of folks hated. No, it. I never played this. Okay, wow. So yeah, that was Command and Conquer Four, uh, and I don't, I, you know, it, it did some really clunky stuff. Some things I hated about it, but I admired their basic concept, like the direction they were going. 
Uh, I yeah, think... no, I never played that. I played three. That's the one that I played okay. on Xbox 360. Yeah, because I know that was great. Right. But people obviously like, like I said, it's whoever can build a mammoth tank the fastest. Right, right. Well, that uh, this team-based strategy prevents that. Like, you can't just mass. You can mass all of one kind of unit, but you got to hope the rest of your team is also uh, filling out the balance a little better. Uh, so that that was, and I don't think it did very well for them. I can't imagine they're going to try something like that again. Uh, so, all right, well, a new Command Conquer. McMaster, uh, as, as uh, I don't know if you're much of an RTS player, you claim to have played StarCraft II. I'm not sure I buy it. <laughs> but uh, how do you feel about Command & Conquer games? I never care for Command & Conquer games, actually. Um, I really loved uh, Doom 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I just never followed it afterwards. Like, I don't know. I, I was more interested in Warcraft. Well, you know what, McMaster? Come over, uh, and me and Justin will show you a little Command & Conquer Generals, and you can see it at its best. No, I can do that. Okay. I'm going to run you over with a Humvee. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna be China and have a bunch of hackers in an internet cafe, <laughs> and I am going to boom the living daylights out of this map and then beat both of you. What do you think of that? Sounds awesome. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there, yeah, like I love how – so, Justin, here's a quiz for you. Name the three sides in Command and Conquer Generals. Uh, United States, right? China, right? And and strawberry. Because <laughs> I want to know what you're going to call them. It is so incredibly politically incorrect what this third We're, side is. I, I really want to just call them terrorists. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think that's their name. But all I remember is that they had really shitty tech. Like, at least early on, their tech was just, like, you were driving around in a truck. You were driving around in a truck. You had this whole scrap mechanic where your technicals and your basic tank. Yeah, your technical. Could, there you go. They could That's kill something awesome. else and then pick up this, this, the, uh, the wreckage to improve themselves. But they were called the GLA, which I think is like Global ah. Operation Army. And you're right. Yep. They were terrorists. But more to the point, they were, they were very Arabic. Uh, yeah, they were, they were uh, pretty. It was pretty obvious like what they were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they one of, the, one of their units is uh, – it might have even been called a – not a terrorist mob, but it's just a mob of people. And you can give them AK-47s, and the longer they stuck around, the bigger they would get and the more powerful they would get. It was just like demonstrators. It was like angry demonstrators. Uh, and, yeah, a lot of suicide bombers, uh, hijackers who would, like, take over the U.S. vehicles and stuff. Um, I can't imagine that a game like Command & Conquer Generals could really launch today from a careful company like EA. Uh, I can't imagine Yeah, that. I don't think so either. Yeah, so... I mean, but then again, if you're going to launch it anywhere, here would be the place. Meaning here in the U.S. where yes. people are afraid of Arabs. That would be correct. Yes. <laughs> or Robert Smith. He kills Arabs. I don't know who Robert Smith is. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. The Cure? Killing an Arab? Never mind. Oh, that's Just go the, on. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not that hip. I, I stopped listening to music back when Blondie was around. Sorry. <laughs> Cure was around. <laughs> That was too hip for me. Uh, all right, so that's uh, that's it for uh, news of the week from uh, whose was that? Justin's. Justin's. Yeah. All right, so McMaster, who's next for uh, news of the week? Well, I've gone and Justin's gone. In so my it's your time. of elimination, <laughs> I am here to tell you guys that my news of the week is that I am a great big fat hypocrite because. Here's the deal. Last week, we had a little discussion on DLC, and I was talking about, ah, DLC is awful, and it's terrible, and I hate what it's done to the business model. So 
This week, we get a little announcement from the folks who make uh, a charming little tower defense RPG called Dungeon Defenders. And their announcement is, hey, there's Thanksgiving-themed DLC available. You can uh, change your character. There's four characters in the game, and there are new skins you can buy to make them like a pilgrim or a conquistador or a, a hot little Pocahontas Indian. Uh, there's oh. these little skins available, and there's a, there's a new turkey-killing mission where you slaughter turkeys, and one of the, the bosses is a giant turkey. Uh, and so this is DLC that's available for, I don't, I don't know, like three bucks or something. But it's only on Steam for the PC version of Dungeon Defenders. And I read that, and my reaction is, hey, what the heck? What about those of us who are playing on the 360 and who might want to get into a little bit of this holiday cheer? They did the same thing for Halloween, by the way. Uh, released some great holiday-themed DLC, but only for the PC. So after griping and kvetching and grousing about DLC last week, this week I'm all like, wait a minute. I want my DLC for the 360 version of this game that I'm playing, uh, and no such luck. They do say, though, that the, uh, the DLC that's available for the PC on Dungeon Defenders will eventually be available for the other platforms, the PS3 and the Xbox 360, but they can't get that stuff released as quickly. Uh, so that's my news. I'm a hypocrite. Did anyone yeah. not know that, by the way? Oh, I knew you were a hypocrite. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be able to uh, handle it. I really wanted uh, to to dress up my uh, I forget what class I am, but I wanted to dress up as I don't know a conquistador or a little Indian. That would be cute. I have not, by the way, Dungeon <laughs> Defenders. Uh, I've been playing a few games lately on the 360, and you know, working on getting achievements. Dungeon Defenders is so freaking stingy with achievements. I have played the daylights out of that game. It's a downloadable ten dollar game, so you know you can only get two hundred gamer score points. I have played so many freaking hours of that thing and haven't gotten one stinking achievement. It is so stingy with those things. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. They're kind of ridiculous, honestly. I wish they, yeah, jerks. I mean, I, I don't. I'm going to sit here and pretend I don't care, but uh, I care enough to notice that I've been logging some serious hours and I'm not getting any gamer score points. I uh, just oh, yeah. have you tried any dungeon defenders? I haven't actually. All right. I'm. Uh, Honestly, I don't really download games on my Xbox anymore. It's kind of weird. Can't remember the last arcade game I bought. What's up with that? There are some good ones. I know. I, I I agree with that. Like, I mean, I love um, Super Meat Boy. I love mm-hmm. Shadow Complex. Like, there's some great games. That just, oh yeah, Shadow Complex is rad. Shadow Complex is one of my all-time favorite like arcade games. But I just yeah. honestly like buying the Microsoft points is such a pain in the ass. Yeah, fair enough. And and hanging I think that's on like ninety percent of it. Yeah, I don't even bother. I don't even do down. I don't even do demos anymore. I just don't download anymore. So are you getting this stuff on Steam instead? Because a lot of these great no. things. Are... What? Well, not playing it. So you're missing like like Renegade Ops, for instance, or Dungeon Defenders. Haven't Defend. played it. Uh, all right. I haven't played either of them. Well, fine. Your loss. I, mean, I would. <laughs> maybe I will now, but <laughs> it wasn't like I'm trying to slate these games. I just. I cannot stand the interface on the Xbox when it comes to downloading stuff. It's just so tedious. Well, you mean mainly... It's a little crazy. Do you mainly mean that uh, whole exchange of, like, real-world money for Microsoft Space Bucks, like that whole thing? That, and then just going into the actual, like... Like, going into and finding the games you want to download, like, through the menus. Now, I that use the website by now. itself is really annoying, and then that, and then on top of it, like, everything else. 
Right. I use Xbox.com like all the time for that because like you can um, yeah, buy it on the site and then sets it it sets it to download on your console. So it's uh, well, it's I will have to invest more time in doing that. Yeah, <laughs> it's less of a pain. I think it's way easier on the 360 than the PS3. By the way. Uh, oh, I don't bother on the PS3. Oh God, the PS3. Oh, where you have to add like set amounts of money to your freaking wallet, and then oh god. Yeah, the PlayStation Network—they do everything they can to dissuade you from buying their content. <laughs> at least the, on the Xbox 360, by the way, uh, they're good at—and I say good—it's annoying, but it, it's effective for me sometimes. They're good at putting up these nags when you turn on your 360 and you go up to the marketplace, even if you're just going by it. Uh, they're good at putting up a few little ads in your face to remind you, you know, what new things are out and what new DLC oh, yeah. is available. Uh, and of course, mini games will have an in-game reminder: Hey, there's new DLC. You know, Gears of War three. They'll uh, as soon as you boot that up, they'll let you know: Hey, you're, there's some new downloadable content you haven't looked at yet. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, all right. So uh, that was our news of the week. Oh, my mini news, by the way. Does either of you play Battlefield three? I used to. Uh, you know, I I need to play more, but I I never like see anybody on when I'm on, so. I blame you, Tom. Uh, Justin, you said you used to. You're not anymore. Uh, I bought it when it came out. I bought it, you know, midnight when it came out. And then I played it until Modern Warfare 3 came out. And then I sold it back for Modern Warfare 3. Oh, so you're talking about on the 360. Yeah. McMaster, is that what you have it on? Or do you have oh, it on no, PC? No. Okay. PC? PC. So the PC has a great... I love the front end. We're using a web browser and stuff. And it, it has... It's pretty cool. It is very cool. I like its sort of little social element. That stuff normally bothers me, but as we've talked about before, I, I totally fell hook, line, and sinker for what EA did with the front end for Battlefield. Uh, one of the huge annoyances in Battlefield, because it is so crucial that in that game that you work within the squad experience in order to to take advantage of like the spawning and, and uh, having different classes that complement each other, uh, but it's it used to be so... It, difficult to find a good squad you would be in a squad where one yahoo is flying around in the airplane doing doing no, no, no good for anyone and another guy is like sniping and then one other guy is has no idea what he's doing and he's just like running into flags and getting killed and those are the three guys that you have to work with uh and it, they made it really which difficult. one are you tom I, shut up. I, I am very, <laughs> I'm the dude running into the flag getting killed. <laughs> I'm variously all three. Uh, no, I know. But I, I would be all three, except that I know better to get into one of those stupid jets. That's because I know I'm going to accomplish uh, it's, it's instant death. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever whoever you people are playing Battlefield 3 that, that actually get in the jets and get kills and level up your jet skill or whatever it's called, i got to tip my hat to you because I have no idea what you're doing and you've got to be good at it to actually skill up, so good on you. Uh, yeah, but I know better absolutely. than that. You know, I was always baffled by that starting in Battlefield 1942. I just, like, I never could get it down. Right. Uh, it's sort of like they're up there playing a different game. They're, they're in a whole other level, and I hope they're having fun, but I'm really digging it down here, and maybe if they came down here and appreciated this part of the game, they wouldn't be wasting their time up there, but you know what, whatever. I, I like that there's only a couple of jets, and as long as each team is basically allocating the mandatory one or two players to fly the jets around and do fuck all. Uh, sorry for my French. Uh, that's oh. <laughs> as long as it's even. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, my my mini news story of the week, if we could have that, uh, there's a patch now for Battlefield Three, uh, the huge patch, like 500 oh, megabytes. Return uh, to Falkirk. 
No, that's not out yet. Uh, Carcand, I don't know, not Falkar, Return to you're thinking of someplace in Skyrim. It sounds like, but uh, oh, yep. Return to Carcand, which I can't wait for. It adds four new maps, including Wake Island. I can't wait to see. Yeah, if, Wake Island's a good time. It adds four old maps. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Actually, that's a point very well taken. It adds four new versions of old maps, yes. Uh, but Wake Island, I can't wait to see if it holds up. Slaughterhouse that is Wake Island. Um, but that's not out yet. What is out is a patch that addresses, amongst other things, that horrible squad interface. So now I think it's much easier to find squads with your buddies. So, McMaster, I'm going to need you to be the medic. Because I'm going to be the idiot running forward to capture the flag and getting constantly killed. So you can basically farm me for experience by medicing me. You know, um, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really great. I, I'll be yeah, up there in no time. So I will say that, uh, I don't know if you guys are the same, but at this point I'm playing several games because I either have to for an assignment or you feel obligated to because it's new, because of the holidays or, or whatever. Justin, I don't know if you fall prey to that like McMaster and I do, but I've got oh a lot. Yeah, so of all these things on my plate, the thing that I'm most looking forward to getting to after I'm done playing the things I have to or that I feel obligated to is I really can't wait to get back into Battlefield 3. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel just, that way about Modern Warfare Three. To be honest with you, I kind like, of didn't get a lot of time with we it. Do. Let's all talk about that a little bit. Uh, where do you guys fall on? Because they, they feel like such different experiences. Uh, where do you guys fall on that? Which one are you more looking forward to getting back into, and why? So, McMaster, are you leaning towards Modern Warfare or Battlefield? I think probably Battlefield because honestly, I've had less time with it, but I. Uh, yeah, I, I just like keep thinking about Modern Warfare because I've hardly played it. You know, I was like, everything came out at once. It was it was just a hard time in my life. <laughs> you had to make hard choices, okay? Yes, tough choices. Uh, so, McMaster, you and me leaning towards Battlefield. Justin, it sounds like you've made your decision. You got rid of your. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've. At this point in time, I've probably played more Battlefield than I have Modern Warfare 3, and I'm a much bigger Call of Duty fan than I am a Battlefield fan. Um, I had fun with Battlefield 3. I want to have fun with Modern Warfare 3. Every time i played it, I've had fun, but same boat as Jason. I just, as soon as that came out, like three days down the road, Skyrim came out, and my that has been glued into my Xbox since then. So. so once you go back to one or the other, though, it will be Modern Warfare? Oh, yeah, I don't even have... Battlefield 3. I mean, I, I, I even pre-ordered it to get the back to Carcand or whatever, but I didn't keep it around. Maybe I'll buy it again. Who knows? Maybe I'll get it for Christmas. Well, for me, uh, I, I like them both. Uh, Modern Warfare, I've been enjoying from time to time in little short bursts because the matches are quick. It's immediately gratifying. You're in there and you're yeah. getting kills and killed. Uh, it's a great, almost like comfort feel, just quick adrenaline shot of shooter uh, action straight to the veins, kind of. Whereas Battlefield is a much more uh, sort of a, a time investment. Like, you, you have to really commit to working through the map and being there for the full 20 minutes or whatever that the oh, match yeah. is going to take. Uh, it's a longer, drawn-out grind in terms of leveling up, I think. Uh, I, I think Battlefield is a, a more considered, stately, slower, tactical experience versus Modern Warfare 3, which is much more sort of about the just quick jolt of energy. Um, so you guys agree with that? Anyone want to argue with me? No, I'm, I'm with you completely. I, yeah. that, that basically sums it up. 
Uh, I do like, uh, Justin, have you played in Modern Warfare 3 the Siege mode? It's called Survival Ops. Have you played that much? I played, yeah, I played up to round 12. So I'm going to yeah. ask you, okay, what level are you, Justin Uteg, in Siege Ops in Modern Warfare 3? Uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I played it like twice. Okay. Uh, McMaster, what about you? I can't remember, but I'm thinking more in the teens because yeah. I played like four or five hours of it. Uh, I really like that mode. I don't. I, it's not really fair I to too. say what level I am because I'm different levels on like the 360 and on the PC, and then I had to level up and play it at a review event that I attended, so that account got wiped. Uh, so I'm several different levels on, on that mode. But the uh, mean average. That's a very good question, Justin, and I'm just going to pull a figure out of my hat and say. 20. <laughs> well, Mark. Yeah. Uh, I love that it's only two-player. Uh, I love how quickly it plays. I love once you get high enough level, the different options there are for uh, what kind of stuff you're going to buy for defenses. Uh, so I, I quite like that mode. I really wish they had four-player there. I am convinced, Jason McMaster, that four players would make it too hard for the other guys. That by being only two <laughs> players, you were constant. You were you were more vulnerable. That if it were four player, uh, you could just basically last forever because the weapons are so lethal in that game. I think. Sure. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm and I'm okay with it just being two players because I feel like it's really tuned for that. You know, if I've got four people that want to play a siege mode. You know what? Gears of exactly. Let's head over to Gears of War. Let's go do that. Uh, or I'll talk them into Dungeon Defenders or something. But when it's just me and one other buddy, I, I think Modern Warfare Two is that, or Modern Warfare Three, the Siege, the Survival Ops is so well tuned for for just two players. So I'm oh glad yeah, yeah. Um, I just uh, yeah, I just you know, I just kind of wish you could play it with more people because I have so many people I'd rather or I'd like to play with. Right. But Gears Three really does. Fit it's that. hard picking one friend. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, really is. Like right now, when you're as popular as I am. <laughs> oh, right. Thousands of friends. If we all right now wanted to go play Survival Ops in Modern Warfare 3, I'd have to sit outside while you guys leveled up. Exactly. <laughs> it would be like, great. I'm <laughs> all right, so those are our news stories this week. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Jason McMaster, let's do some games of the week. Who is going to start us off? Wait, no. by the way, did I cut anyone off? Did everyone do their... Oh, uh, yeah, okay. wait, no, we're fine. Uh, All right, yeah, now we're I... potatoes. Yeah, so who's going? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's up to you guys. Listen, uh... McMaster, I just want to say you are a terrible master of ceremonies. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm awful at it. I'm in the size. like empty master, he would be perfect. I know. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? Then I'm going to jump in the in the middle of the ring here and uh, and take control and be the first guy to go for game of the week because I'm going to pick something that I'm guessing neither of you has played. I'm guessing most of the folks listening to this haven't played. Uh, it's a little odd because uh, you know this time of year there's so many big high profile titles coming out. This is not one of them. This game was kind of stealthed out there and it's truly truly excellent. But I don't think anybody's playing it, and uh, I, I just—it's—it's it's an odd time of year for this game to come out. Uh, and it's a little game from Ubisoft called Anno 2070. Now, Anno 2070—you wouldn't know this by the names—it's the sequel to a game called Dawn of Discovery. Uh, this game, Dawn of Discovery, was released in the U.S. In other countries, Dawn of Discovery was called Anno 1404. 
and that has been the naming convention for this series of city builders, uh, anno and then a year to sort of show you what general era it takes place in. Ubisoft wisely decided no one in the U.S. is going to buy that, so we're going to call it Dawn of Discovery. They released it under that name here. Now, Anno 2070, as you can guess, is one of these city builders set in the future. So it's this little sci-fi city builder. Um, calling it a city builder is a little misleading uh, because you play it on a big ocean map uh, and, and their whole conceit, and this, by the way, is why I play a, a silly Blondie song called The Tide is Rising. Their whole conceit is that global warming has submerged most of the planet underwater. So it's this kind of water world thing where dry land is precious. And on these little islands, you have to build little cities. And each island provides different raw materials. The problem is, in order to make a thriving city, you need different raw materials from all kinds of different islands. So in addition to being a city builder, it's also this kind of trading game where you're trading with other islands and you're building colonies on other islands and setting routes for ships to go back and forth. Uh, and the difference here in the previous game, the factions were the Occidentals and the Orientals, you know, like, like Westerners and Asians uh, in a historical setting. Here, the different factions are there's this corporate tycoon faction, there's an environmentally conscientious eco faction, and then there's a high tech uh, tech faction, basically. And those are your different populations. And to have a, a full, you know, a well rounded city, you need all of those populations, and they all have different needs. Um, and they all provide and unlock different kinds of structures. Uh, so that's the basic framework. And what they've done with this game Anno 2070, and what they also did so well with Dawn of Discovery, is they do two things that I think, think any good city builder needs to do. And these two things that they do are they constantly give you something to do and something to admire. So you are constantly... Uh, have various tasks you want to do, whether it's expanding one of your cities or doing a little quest. There are all these little quests you can do with your different ships. Uh, there are little diplomatic quests you can do. Uh, so you've always got tasks. I mean, this is a game where there's never a shortage of, like, like I need to do this or I want to do that. Uh, and as far as giving you something to admire, this is an incredibly beautiful game. Uh, one of the things you can do is hit the F1 key and you go into this little free camera mode, and it looks like this beautiful tilt-shift photography, uh, and tilt-shift photography is where you make everything look like a miniature. Uh, and it's kind of cheating because, of course, this is a little miniature world, but it looks like this weird tilt-shift photorealistic, like, animated diorama, kind of. Uh, mm. So I love the graphics in this. And, and what they constantly give you to admire uh, are little animated touches. So for an example, uh, most of the buildings in Anno 2070 are these high-tech factories and skyscrapers, and there's little robots, and you can see people walking around. And there's even underwater stuff, by the way. You can go underwater, and there's fish and divers and sharks and whales. Um, one of the factions, the eco-faction, needs uh, to cut down trees. They build a tree nursery, and then you build a sawmill nearby because they need wood for, for their building. Whereas the tycoons, they just use like concrete and steel and stuff like that. So you build a tree factory, and there's a sawmill near it. And at one point, I'd had the game running for like hours. This is a city I'd been working on for a while. I looked down, and I noticed that in that little tree nursery, there's this like cool like lumberjack mech. Who's like walking around knocking trees over and carrying them back to the uh, to, to the sawmill? And I'd been playing forever and hadn't noticed that little guy. I just love how much detail there is to admire in this thing. 
so that's my game of the week. It's a huge time sink, and in a good way, too. Uh, the time you put into it, they really reward you with this rich meta game where you basically have what's called an arc, which is this underwater base. And the arc is your starting point for any scenario you play. But like a character in an MMO, your arc, you can equip it with basically inventory. It's like gear. Uh, so you can kind of level up and customize your arc. So, for instance, mine now, I've got these these special uh, engines and cargo containers that I put on my ships from my arc that makes them go faster and carry more stuff. And this is persistent, whether I'm playing a campaign mission, whether I'm doing a, one of the scenario, they have standalone scenarios, whether I'm playing just a free-form mission, or whether I'm playing online multiplayer. Uh, and as you play, you unlock these little customizable options. There's achievements that unlock options. Uh, so they really tap into that whole metagame persistence. Um, so there you go. That's my game of the week. I'm guessing, tell me if I'm wrong, neither of you has played one of the Anno games. No. I have. You have? I have. Which one? Diana, was it? Um, a- I think I played one on DS. I think a friend had it, and I borrowed it for a little while. Um, it was something that looked really cool, and I actually looked up Anno 2070 maybe like a couple months ago. Someone may have suggested it on the forum. It looks awesome. Like I wish I had a computer that could run it. It's probably one of those games that I'd really get into. I really like the Caesar games way back in the day. Well, you know, Justin, I think anybody who likes City Builders, this this currently I think is state of the art in City Builders as far as from a gameplay and a technical perspective. And I I would easily go on record as saying this is one of the best looking game engines out there. Uh, it's it's a phenomenally beautiful game. Uh, yeah, they did uh, a DS port of Dawn of Discovery, I think, which, of course, they had to compromise a lot of the gameplay, but I recall it sort of had a lot of the same basic charm. Um, it wasn't bad. It was fun. I it's mean, one of those things where you're like... Building a city on a DS can be. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where you're like, this isn't bad for a DS game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be worse. Right. Uh, all right, so that's my game of the week, Anno 2070. Uh, not Skyrim, not Saints Row 3, not various other things, but Anno 2070. What do you think of that, McMaster? Uh, that's classic Tom. (laughs) Uh, all right, uh, I pick to go next. Justin, what is your choice for Game of the Week? I think I know the answer to this. Uh, yeah, it's Skyrim. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my save game slot right now. I hadn't actually checked this out, and my time played is currently sitting at just shy of 60 hours. Jeez. So it's, it's probably the most I've put into a video game since, like, StarCraft and or Halo 2. Now, Skyrim does an odd thing. I Well, let me, let me pose this as a question. What do you guys think of the way leveling works? In Skyrim. So, Justin, you said you're level 812. McMaster, you said you're yeah. level 4, I think. Uh, <laughs> how do you guys feel about the leveling system in this game? It's either feast or famine. That's the way it's felt to yep. me. Like, like, if you're doing a bunch of stuff that's not, like, activity-based, <laughs> you're not going to level. So, it's just kind of the way it goes you know if you're like out skulking through dungeons constantly you're gonna level really fast but like if you like do a bunch of the role-playing stuff it's not it's not so quick and that's an odd decision i think i find that i i can kind of respect how it's different but i think it's an odd decision like i'll turn in a bunch of quests and i i sort of my expectation is hey i i should have leveled up and yeah <laughs> you get no experience for quests you're out of luck there uh Justin, how do you feel about it? You're the one who's leveled more than any of us on this podcast. Uh, how do you feel yeah, about Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do like how 
I was the same way. Like the first, like maybe like half of the game, I was like, "All right, sweet, let's go turn in like five quests at once." I'm gonna jump up a couple levels. I'll get to throw a few extra perks into smithing in one arm, and I'll be sweet. It'll be great. And then like I'm like, "Wait a minute, now I'm just filthy rich, and I'm still like level like ten. Like there's a problem here." But did I you... think for for the type of game that it is, it really works. Well, I want to ask I'm a little you. Did you... Speechcraft is probably the most annoying thing to upgrade, and I really want to get better at Speechcraft. But what are you gonna do? Why do you call that one the most annoying thing to upgrade? As far as like it feels like a waste of points. No, it it just feels like I should be getting more. It's a pain in the I'm ass. People, I pick up every broom I come across. Like that that's me. I pick up every cabbage, every carrot, the broom and everything master. I come across that I think I can fit into my pockets is going into my pockets, whether it's someone else's or not. And is this Justin because you want to sell it for money or because you want to sell it oh, for yeah. speechcraft bonus? Oh yeah, I, I love money. <laughs> well, here's another thing I want to ask you. So, so uh, there's the leveling situation on one hand, which I kind of respect that they decouple it from the quest stuff. I mean, that's that's a it's a bold choice. It's different from what we're used to. But then there's the economy on the other hand. Uh, how do you guys feel about the whole how money is used here and, and uh, how how it's spent and how it's earned? What do you guys think of the economy in Skyrim? Uh. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty much anything in Skyrim you can take. Just takes it precious. And um, that's how I do things. Do you find uh, do you find that you are constantly wanting money, McMaster, or do you find that it doesn't matter to you? It does not matter to me. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, other you- than paying off my crimes, which I do quite a bit of that, paying down penalties. Oh, is that a, is that? A, no, I'm not. I play a law-abiding citizen. I wouldn't want Lydia what? to be ill of me. That's right. What? Uh, what is that a big money sink for if you're breaking the law? Sissy. Well, if you're part of the Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild, you just kind of end up doing stuff that people don't like, you know, that aren't isn't nice. So, yeah, that's a pretty big money sink. Like, a murder is a thousand gold. And, uh, and then, I, you know, I have a few, like, every time I, I get a murder, I have like a 40 gold dropped onto it. I think that's like the dickhead tax or something. I don't know. I'm just like... I'm always, I always live like a thousand forty gold. <laughs> the deal is with that. It's like, a, it's like, oh Jesus, here he comes again. <laughs> Maybe oh, if we raise the price. Three strike tag. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say I have broken laws, or at least one law in Skyrim. I was in Megan's um, law. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no, I was, in, I was in one of these palaces. I think, like one of the Jarl houses or whatever they call them. And for some reason, I decided I'm going to read one of these stupid books that I've picked up. Uh, I just want to see what's in it. And naturally, I think, well, I should sit down to read. I'm not going to just stand in the middle of this palace. So I go over to a chair, and I'm clicking on the chair to sit down, and I accidentally misclick and pick up a, you know, a bowl or something that was labeled red. <laughs> so I, I accidentally, I just was going to sit down and read a book, and I ended up stealing a piece of plateware or whatever, and a guard comes running up to me, and I'd never been confronted with this in Skyrim. I'd done some illegal stuff in Oblivion, but in Skyrim I'd been totally law-abiding. A guard comes running up to me and very harshly gives me the three options. You know, I can go to jail, I can resist him, or I can pay the fine. And the fine was one gold piece. <laughs> whatever it was that I had stolen, I was penalized one gold piece. So that is on, on my record, I, I guess. So I have broken a law in Skyrim. That was my that was my bad boy experience you're never gonna get a real job (laughs) i know it's gonna come up anytime i go in for a job interview in skyrim uh i'm actually gonna turn you away (laughs) so justin how do you feel about the economy do you feel like you don't care about money or you always need money all right for a little little 
like framing. I have my stats up right now. My gold found, and I don't know if that counts as like rewards. I, I think it might be because my total gold found is a hundred and five thousand. You could buy and my so many gold carried was fifteen thousand. You so could I buy so like many. Right. That. Uh, think of all of the satellites you could buy in dark orbit with that money. I, I would be a satellite god in dark orbit. <laughs> so now, what what is what that saying to me, Justin? Is that saying that you don't care about money, or that it's so constantly plentiful, or that you care about it so much that you're constantly chasing it? I am constantly chasing it and constantly spending it. It's, it's much like real life. Like I'm always working, <laughs> and I never have any money. What do you do with your money in Skyrim? Blacksmithing was my biggest money sink. I predominantly black like it's almost entirely blacksmithing and now that i finally have that 100 i have a feeling i'm going to own every house in every city within a couple of days so uh is is uh in a way and i again kind of respect this choice it's a little different but because you can funnel money into an activity like blacksmithing or alchemy or enchanting and therefore you can level up that skill and therefore you can level up your character in a way money which is a quest reward can be funneled directly into your character advancement through some of these activities. Um, uh, in multiple ways. I mean, you can go to trainers. I, I mean, I've trained. I'll, I'll dump 4,000 gold into training randomly if I feel like it. It's no big deal. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I think that money is just another form of experience points, depending on how you use it. Uh, and I kind of like that. Like, I like that decision that uh, that you can basically translate money. What I kind of hate I would. I'm sure somewhere, and maybe one of you guys has done this, has figured out the best way to min-max it. And I have resisted doing that. I'm kind of enjoying Skyrim as a place to just kick back and let things happen. Don't try to optimize the experience. But I'm sure that somewhere there's a there's a there's a min-max way where you can translate money into into leveling your character up. Uh, I'm sure it's been posted about on the forum too, because all those guys all talk about how you get your 100% chameleon suit. Oh, is that still an issue in the game? Really? I didn't know that. I don't think it's an issue in this one, but they've already been talking about how destruction spells are worthless until you max them out, and then all of a sudden you're just a god. Or if you wear this this certain type of weakness to this, when you use it, your destruction or whatever goes off, like off the, the scales and it becomes a broken game. I'm not one of those people. I just I pick up my sword, I pick up my shield, and I go like crush some skulls. Like just have fun with the game. Master, you're the same way. Or are you just letting stuff happen? Yeah, pretty much. Like, isn't there like a hard cap of fifty on the levels anyway? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think if you continue to get perks, you do continue to get perks. I think oh. so. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten there yet. If you give me like four more days, I could probably do that. <laughs> uh, it sounds like Justin is going to find out before either of us, McMaster. Tomorrow's so... Thanksgiving, so like I have nothing on my plate other than turkey. <laughs> turkey so, and I Skyrim. Mean, really, I mean, the thing is that it it seems like. There wouldn't be a huge min max then, you know what I mean? If there's a hard cap of fifty and there's so many skills. Well, so. but that's it. if you're if you can still level up, if you can still get perks. Oh, wait, how would that work then? Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, not find out anytime soon. But. Tell me what trees you guys are in, are, are uh, hitting hard. What are the what are the little perk trees that you're most investing in? McMaster, you go first because you have fewer levels. Oh, you're so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> Take me out. Uh, archery, um, sneak, and lockpicking. Okay, I haven't touched any of these, so I like that. Hold that thought. Uh, Justin, what are you hitting? What, what trees are you in? Um, it sounds like blacksmithing, I'm guessing. I've, yeah, I've got 100 smithing. I've got like 
75 heavy, 50-ish block. Uh, one-handed is at 94. Nice. And archery is at 50 as well. Otherwise, everything's kind of middling. I have 68 in lockpicking, but you just get lockpicking from being in the game. And my speech is at 50, but like I said, speech seems worthless. So, uh, so it sounds like none of you guys are hitting the magic. What's up with that? I just I made a magic user, actually, last night. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on, McMaster. You're seeing multiple characters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to try something different. All right. I will say, by the way, I don't know if uh, yeah, this isn't a spoiler, but I'm going to let you guys know. I am the Archmage of the Ma- Magic College. So if you what? need it, yeah, I can get you in. What? I can totally, if you come up and stay at, uh, what's it called? White Hole? White Run? Winterhold, yeah. What? White Castle. White Castle. <laughs> Whatever it's called. <laughs> I'll grab a Crave case. We'll get some chicken rings. It'll be fantastic. You don't have those, do you, Tom? Do they have YDs in LA? Uh, we have something better called In and Out. So there yeah, you. you really do. Honestly, that's what you suck. <laughs> but like, oh God, I love In and Out. But um, and not just in the uh, Clockwork Orange sort of way. <laughs> that was so unnecessary, McMaster. You just Thank made you. cast our rig. Nice work. Uh, Dude, I referenced Megan's Law earlier. It's something you broke. <laughs> I, I don't think that that was any worse. <laughs> Our territory a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I, I'm pretty fascinated with, with the magic, though. God, the actual flame hand thing that you start with is uh, pretty devastating right at the beginning, like that flame burst thing or whatever. It looks a little silly, though. Oh, sure, you're running through the woods going, ah, with your flaming hands or whatever, but sure. It's like it's like you're Spider-Man with a flamethrower or something. You know, you flex your wrist back and you shoot out uh, flames. Uh, That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> I, I do that. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing a magic user, and I, I have uh, I've been hitting destruction pretty hard. So I'm surprised to hear that it's worthless. Uh, I, I I do, however, get into places where I'm like, I really shouldn't be a magic user because I'm just going to have to reload, save, and reload this encounter over and over and over again until I hit the right amount of sucking down stamina potions and doing damage. And uh, uh, so, okay, well, let's talk combat then. You guys are obviously doing a lot of archery and hand-to-hand combat. Uh, how do you feel about the combat in Skyrim? I do not like the sword combat that much. Like, well, really? I, let me take that back. I don't mind the sword and shield combat. I don't like the dual-wield combat very much. And what's what's wrong with it? Is it just imprecise, or... Uh... It makes you... It just feels like flailing, honestly. It's like... It's just... I don't know. It just... Uh... You, you pull on those... those. Well, I mean, I'm playing on the on the Xbox. So I, when I do a wield, I pull on those thumbsticks. Like, I have nothing left to live for. Like, Me too. There, there's there's oh, yeah. no finesse to dual wielding. Yes, absolutely. It's like, oh, God, please die. That's usually what I'm thinking when I'm dual wielding. Mm-hmm. Um, with a bow, it almost seems a little ridiculous when you get your sneak up. So, you know, I, I can sit back and I can one-hit, like, a lot of stuff from the shadows. So, like, it's... It's a little ridiculous, but then again, you know, and it's sad because, like, even if they get to melee range, I do not pull out my sword at this point because I don't, I, I don't know. I just uh, back up and fire some more arrows. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's how I play the game. Yeah, and it, it's kind of funny when you keep shooting a guy and there's like 15 arrows in his face and he's still coming at you. <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> 
Uh, well, what? So those are some minor complaints we have then about some of the like combat and the skill trees and the economy and the leveling up. I want you guys to explain what makes it work for you, Justin. You've spent sixty hours with this silly thing. Why? I never get bored. That's true. <laughs> yeah. There, there's literally at no point in time where I'm like, all right, I guess I'll put Skyrim up. I'm going to go to bed or I'm going to go read. Like, at, at any point in time, I think, like, okay, I can do this quest. Like, I just finished the main quest last night. I'm like a whim. I was like, you know what? I'll put a couple more hours into the main quest. And then all of a sudden, I had finished it and realized it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, so you beat the game. The game's over now, right? No. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Tom. Um, no, the game is never over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. You know, and I'm one of those people. That, like I, I have a problem not following the main quest of a game, even something like that. And uh, like, I get sidetracked in Skyrim. And it's just easy to do. There's, a, I think there's that, a lot of fascinating content. And I think that's one of the things that Bethesda is strongest at is is oh, yeah. moving you, is giving you different options and sidetracking you. You'll get in your head, okay, I'm going to do this quest, and they provide a thousand little distractions, and some of them more forcefully than others. Uh, I don't know if you guys have run across this, uh, I call it the hangover quest, where... Okay, so but, but you know, I mean, this idea is you have a blackout, and you've got to sort of solve what happened during the blackout. <laughs> I haven't seen that. That's awesome. Oh, so okay. Well, it, it's it's just it's something where I I literally was I I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I'm like, okay, I've got this quest. I'm gonna go swing over here to this point on the way to going to this quest destination. This is what I'm going to do. And there's a chance, there's a choice to have a drink with someone on the way. Someone's like, hey, you want to have a drink with me? And you're like, yeah, I'll be friendly. I'll have a drink with him. And then suddenly I'm doing these crazy quest things clean on the other side of the map and Bethesda is so good at that Bethesda is so good at saying you know here is you can be as focused as you want but we're going to give you a thousand options to go on little side quests and other things to do like discovering that you could chop wood for someone I was like wow really I can just make money sitting here chopping wood great you know Fable tried to do that and it always felt like a little like I was taken out playing a separate mini game or something but uh, I, I, it just felt so, like, integrated. Is, yeah, I'm talking to this woman who runs a lumber mill, and she's like, you want to chop some wood for me for a while? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll make a few bucks doing that. Uh, I, I just love how it's all tied together. They make this kind of tapestry of different activities and, and quest lines, and they just weave it together so well. Uh, and the atmosphere. Like, I think for me, the atmosphere is, like, maybe, like, 90% of it. I, I, I don't know if you guys have gotten to Blackreach yet. But once you get to Blackreach, you understand, like, why the game was made. Like, it, it, that is easily one of the most beautiful in-game, like, places, let alone, and, like, in Skyrim and in video games in general. Oh, man, did you guys hear about that thing where they have, like, the entirety of the world modeled? Yeah, I did. I read that, like, oh, 15 God, that's before awesome. that we started this, and I was going to bring it up, but, like, it's nuts. So what is this? Oh, you haven't read about that, Tom? I have not. Oh, I read very little about Skyrim on purpose. Some actually. some dude messing around in console commands found Morrowind and all of the rest of Tamriel modeled. Yeah, all, all of Tamriel is modeled. Yeah. Oh, and is, did this lead to some speculation that that's part of what they're going to do with DLC? Maybe is that because I might have read something be. about that. Okay, that would be awesome. I'd love to download Morrowind for Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Justin, I haven't been to that place you mentioned. What did you call it? Blackmark? No, what was it? Blackreach. It's part of Black- the main quest. Like, you eventually go there. It's, it's oh, my God, it's, it's beautiful. It's, so I it's, a, it's a dwarven ruin, but it's it's gorgeous. Like, I haven't been there. Stormcloaker? 
Or are you an imperial like scumbag? Oh, I, I'm a stormcloak. I'm playing. I'm playing like the Skyrim build. I'm playing a Nord. Me too. <laughs> like fashion things. Like that's 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 what I consider the Skyrim build. Yeah, I'm playing like a. I'm actually. I always play a Nord thief, and I guess it's because I like the challenge. I, I don't understand why I always start with a Nord. Uh, Justin, to to address a bit about what you were saying, I haven't seen this Blackreach place, but one of my concerns going into Skyrim was, well, so the whole game is going to be this kind of oppressive Scandinavian wintry place with mountains and snow, and how how is that going to be interesting, and isn't that going to get a little dull and repetitive after a while? And much to my delight, that is not the case at all. Uh, And I've seen so little of the world, and I'm just so pleased with how they put unique sort of – you use the word atmosphere, and that's exactly what it is. They have just such different kinds of atmosphere in different places, um, and it still does. I applaud how it feels like a consistent part of a whole. Like it feels consistently focused on this sort of Nordic wintry location, but it doesn't seem repetitive or tedious. Uh, And I have been to a few places that I'm like, wow, that – this this like really has its own flavor, and it's completely different oh, yeah. from this city over here and this location over here. Like for instance, I love Markas. I really love. That's that exactly. I, I didn't want to bring it really up. Really cool looking. When yeah. I went, when I went there, I was like, wow, look at all this. Look how absolutely unique this place looks. You know, it's absolutely. not. It's not like a, a Rohan settlement from Lord of the Rings. It's not like a Rivendell. It's its own kind of vibe. I but look it. at like Solitude. I love Solitude. That's a cool. City Haven't been too. there yet. The Blue Palace is gorgeous. Oh, it's awesome. And, like, you know, you go to uh, you the Mage Town, uh, you know, that one that's, like, yeah, where it's, like, this huge, like, crumbling expanse beyond it. And it's, you know, really oppressive, like, wintry town. It's just, the game's just really cool. And, and or, or, hey, you know, like, uh, where I've spent a ton of time, um, Riften. Riften's a cool town, too. I still haven't been yeah. down there. Riften's oh, man. Fun. The, the very, like, seedy, like, sense to it. Oh, I love yes. it. Yeah, Riften is one of my favorite towns. That in of itself is atmosphere. I always feel like I'm about to get something stolen from me in Riften. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and I, I often feel like I'm stealing it from like, someone. <laughs> Justin, if that happens to you, McMaster might be the guy who's taken it. <laughs> uh, I yeah, want to... It reminds me a bit of of how well I think Rockstar did with Red Dead Redemption, as that they take this sort of spaghetti western, we all think of, you know, that puts it in a very clear picture in our heads of, okay, that's what that's going to look like. And they managed to make it look like very, they gave you very different kinds of places to go within that context. Uh, I love how Rockstar built that world, and I get some of the same feeling from Skyrim. You know, here's a consistent theme, and yet we're going to have a lot of different variety and atmosphere in this one unified theme. So, uh, all right. So, uh, Justin, that's your game of the week, Skyrim. Uh, it's been a game of the week two weeks running. Uh, McMaster, what do you got now? Have you, have you been scooped? Was that going to be your choice? No, actually. Interesting, because I know what your choice is going to be. Actually, do you? I think yeah, I do. You, you actually probably do. <laughs> uh, say um, hi to say hi to Kenzie for me. I will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Saints Row Three. You know, and I haven't finished it yet. But uh, I've put a ton of time into the game. And the reason I haven't finished it yet was I convinced, convinced a friend of mine to buy it, and we started over, and I played through the, most of the game again on co-op. So I've, uh, I haven't had a lot of chance. Uh, I did make a character with a zombie voice, which is brilliant, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliantly funny. Now, uh, hold, that, hold that thought real quick, Master. Let's uh, get a quick read here. Uh, Justin, you say you have or have not played Saints Row 3. I, uh, I red-boxed it for... 
three or four days and just hammered through the main quest line and did a couple fun stuff otherwise, I have completed it. Okay. As have I. So, McMaster, if you have any questions about what to do or where to go, Justin and I can help you. Cause we've, I'm, we've, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, like, we're I'm like seven missions from the end, but I have like, uh, you know, I have just about everything for the most part. I, I um, One of my favorite items ever, the uh, tank from combat. What the hell? That was just way too good. So I can totally see why you like the Kinsey missions, by the way. Uh, she's pretty adorable, yes. Uh, yes. She's a uh, female Tom chick. Uh, wait a minute. I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> I guess thanks. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so, McMaster, uh, what uh, what makes this your game of the week? Why, why um, do you like Saints Row 3? Well, what keeps this from being just another open world city game? You know, I guess when the original Saints Row came out, I... I wasn't as enamored with their sense of humor, <laughs> but as each game continues, um, I, I can't. Uh, either they're getting better at writing, or I'm kind of getting to the point where I appreciate it more for some reason. But Saints Row Three just really hits a, this perfect timber for me because I, I play a lot of serious games, you know, <laughs> like where everything is the, the biggest deal ever, and there's a lot of spectacle. And Saints Row Three just really it makes fun of itself. And the whole idea constantly, and uh, it's very, uh, very sarcastic, very cynical, satirical game, and I really like that. I do think the writing is is really, really strong in Saints Row Three in a way that it wasn't in the first two games. It's sort of so, like yeah. they, they finally got a confident voice and uh, and a perfect game in which to express it. Uh, I love the scripted story missions. Uh, I love the sense of humor. I, I love the characters and the writing. Uh, I, I think it's a matter of volition finally finding their voice. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I appreciate what they were trying to do. And I played a lot of Saints Row 2. I played a lot of the first one, too, but it just didn't take. And um, Saints Row 3 really kind of changed my mind about the whole thing because it's, it's kind of like they're doing what I miss from Grand Theft Auto. You know, Grand Theft Auto 4 is very serious business. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you don't like you don't get to just go on crazy jack and sprees as free as you did like, and you know the earlier games. You know, you're severely punished for it. They just kind of went in a really realistic way, and, and that's cool. And sometimes that can be fun, but sometimes you want to get just go crazy. You know, I want to drive the tank for combat over people. I could do it. That, that is awesome. One of the challenges in the game, one of the things they want you to do, is run over 500 pedestrians. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's and I have done that checklist. one. Yep, that's, <laughs> I, I did my damnedest to get that in my three brief days with the game. Did you get that, Justin? I think I may have. I can tell you one place you can go to get that, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there's one place you can go that happens after a certain scripted story beat where an area in the world changes. You go there, you will get that in uh, Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tale. I would like to say that uh, I, I think my favorite base is the reactor one or whatever. That one is really cool. Just that level, I love that. It was great, dude. The, the techno music. Yeah, that that's the control room for the nuclear reactor, <laughs> as, as awesome. run by the Decker gang. I love that. Yeah, that was great. That yeah, was... Matt. Matt is a great character too. He really is. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the... and Matt are really good, like as playing off of each other. They're 
And even uh, even Shondi and that whole that stupid actor guy Josh. Uh, yeah, Josh Burke. Yeah. Yeah, Night Blade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fact that you can get him, I presume everyone gets him. Am I, there, so there are certain. It's a choice. You could you could choose. That, okay. That's a choice. You can. And there are certain choices that I would hate. Like I so love the stuff with the mayor that I, I don't even really want to say it because of what it spoils. But I love. It was in a commercial, so I think it's free reign. You mean they? What was in it? So tell me what was in the commercial, Justin, because I don't. I, I would hate to say anything. It, that it, it literally just, had the scene with him in the office, like, and it, it, it does the exact scene. Who else could they get to run this town or something like that? Where he says something like that. And so, they say I, the I don't want to be the one to say his name. <laughs> they say the name of the character in the commercial. Yeah, it shows it, and it, he oh, gives his little his little one line. Who else could get? To, who else could they get to run this town or something like that? Oh, THQ, you jerks! <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I guess if you're in the business of selling a game, though, that's that's why that's why I don't. It's why I hate trailers and stuff. Is that that's such a fantastic discovery to make on your own? Uh, oh yeah, I, I hadn't seen the trailer when I did that, and I, it caught me completely by surprise. Now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't one of the choices? So, McMaster, do you know what we're talking about, and have you gotten no, to that point? I, okay. I, Okay, well, actually, good. So McMaster has not seen the commercial, so that's awesome. No, uh, I don't watch TV anymore. I kind of like Hulu and Netflix, everything. Well, I know they also put out trailers, and I have since watched some of the trailers for the game, and I was a little dismayed at some of the stuff they were willing to well, give well, away. Well, you know, the trailers don't do this game justice in a lot of ways either. I, I don't know. I think it's... I think they, they, they laid so much on the whole porn star thing and all that ridiculous crap that it, it almost cheapens it. <laughs> What's the porn star thing? At E3 and everything, you know, and like the, all the some of the voices in the game are like porn stars and stuff. Like it's just it's just like all this stupid crap. Well, I know they had downloadable content for Saints Row 2 featuring I don't remember her name. There was some Asian porn star who was actually one of the characters in the game, and it was a big part of their marketing. Uh, yeah, that's that same th- same thing with this. One. Okay. You know, I guess that you know whatever it takes to, to sell a game. Justin, you hang out with Ron Jeremy. Uh, has Ron Jeremy <laughs> done any marketing for Saints Row? I, I don't think he was involved <laughs> in Saints Row at all. Unfortunately, you don't. You really don't remember that at E3. That was so sad because like they had those like these. They had like a bikini car wash, and it was really freaking cold this week or the, this year on that week. <laughs> So, like, there are all these girls out there in bikinis, like, washing cars, and it was, like, in the 60s. Uh, Jason McMaster, that's what Los Angeles is like year-round, with uh, bikini girls washing cars. It's in the 60s every day for... In the 60s. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do not remember that, because all I, I... I sort of tune out a lot of that kind of stuff at E3. Uh, I, I remember seeing the the short video demonstration for Saints Row 3 and a few of the trailers, and, and that was pretty much all I knew about the game until I actually started playing it at, at a press. I know, uh, I know the highlight of E3 2011 was, uh, was the Activision booth and your uh, hors d'oeuvres. I think that was my hands-down favorite moment at E3. <laughs> Now what, that was. Why don't you tell folks what happened? I. I... <laughs> so Tom and I, we have uh, an appointment to go see Modern Warfare Three, and the Activision booth has a lot of food and drinks and stuff. And so uh, I wasn't particularly hungry. I, I think I grabbed a drink, and and Tom got a plate of like you know this and that. And then like we're standing next to this garbage can, and Tom just you know checks his plate in there. We're standing there talking. This guy comes up and he goes, "Hey, hey." I'm like, yeah, yes, and he's like, that, that's not a garbage can. 
<laughs> Tom is throwing like all his leftovers into the drink bin. <laughs> yeah, but it, who puts their? So the the point of this story is that Activision is way too cheap to actually buy a drink bin, and they get a big old they fill a garbage can full of ice and put drinks in it, so that those of us who are stuck with plates with like extra salad and barbecue sauce or whatever that we don't want, naturally we chuck it in there. And the poor guy who I, yeah I apologize and everything, and he but... sort of admitted, well yeah I've been having to say that to people all day. <laughs> Uh, no, I like giving Tom a hard time about that. That was that was ridiculous. It no, really I totally just looked I, like a garbage can. I mean, it was just sitting right next to it. Yeah, but I looked like the guy who was just so cool that he didn't care, and he's just going <laughs> to chuck his extra food into whatever bin is nearby, and uh, who cares? Uh, and then we went and saw the Modern Warfare Three run through. Oh boy. Oh, speaking of who cares? Yeah, boy, that, yeah, it, that's it a tough. So much up. better <laughs> than I expected. Because wow. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, all right, McMaster, your choice for Game of the Week, Saints Row 3. Uh, I fully support that. Uh, Justin, why didn't you keep your copy? For, you said you red-boxed it. I'm afraid I don't know what that is. It's, it's, a, uh, it's one of those DVDs outside the supermarket things. It, and it's replaced brick-and-mortar rental stores. And you can get video games out of those. Yeah, it's like the best thing ever. It's way easier than Gamefly. It's way cheaper than Gamefly. I still use Gamefly, and I don't know why. Yeah, I, I turned that off a long time ago. I, I'm not good at those like return services. Oh god, I've had Portal Two for a month and a half. <laughs> I had I yeah, had Lars Portal and the two. Real Doll for two years until they comped it to me from Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, not that long of a game. It, it should not. So <laughs> I know that more than anyone. My, my like twenty dollars a month is telling me this game was not worth how much time you've had it in your possession. Some uh, of those puzzles are challenging, I realize, but come on. I don't on. think I did it. That's the worst part. <laughs> you didn't beat it? I don't think I beat Portal 2. I, I may have. I don't think I have, though. I really like. I actually really liked the ending of that game. It was way over the top. <laughs> way over the top. Uh, all right, so there are our games of the week. Winkmaster, what does that leave us with? Um, I think this is the song and dance segment. <laughs> so, Justin, have you prepared a number that you can do for us this week? There's a there's a, a talent portion. I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, we would like you to do one of the Bard's songs, specifically the uh, the one supporting the uh, Empire from Skyrim. Go. What is the name of it? Can you hum a few bars? Uh, you know what? I don't know, but aren't there political songs, like certain songs supporting the Empire and others supporting the Stormcloaks? I could be mistaken about that. You know, I, I don't want to get... God, there's such an awesome Dark Brotherhood quest. Oh, my God. Just talking about bards made me think of it. Have you done that, uh, Justin? The Dark Brotherhood stuff? Which one? Uh, the the bard quest and the Dark Brotherhood. It's one of the early ones. I, I Dark Brotherhood like the next thing on my list. Yeah, it's a... Uh, oh, God. Wait, There's Justin, great... I, I thought you beat the game, Justin. I beat the main quest. <laughs> uh, I do love how you can just ignore that stuff. Like, I, I have mm -hmm. so... I did a little of the main quest. I couldn't care less about that. I have no desire. I don't give two figs about the Stormcloaks or the Empire. Uh, I, I love... Fun. Really? I don't I don't want to pick sides, it. though. I don't. I want to I want to be like... God rest uh, <laughs> no, I want to be like Switzerland. I'm like, you people hash this out. I'm just going to adventure in your land if that's okay. I don't want to have to pick sides. Uh, so 
you guys are going to recommend one side or the other then? Are they mutually exclusive? Yes. All right. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to pick one. Yeah. And you guys um, like a couple of good Nords. I'm guessing you picked the Empire, right? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, I, uh, on my second character, which I made a Breton, I picked the Empire this time to see what that's all about. I, I will say uh, the Stormcloaks, whenever I go into, uh, what's his name, Ulfred Stormcloak? I think he's the, the like main yeah. Stormcloak guy. Yeah, Ulfred. Yeah. So there's a quest that involves you speaking to his steward many times. Yes, Jovel. Yeah. Yeah. You talking about blood on the eyes. Uh, I am, and at many different points in a quest, oh. you have to go... <laughs> You have to go talk to his steward. So you're constantly going in and out of that little palace, not to talk to Ulfric. He's doing his own thing. It's just to check in with his steward. He's chilling. Every time I go in there, freaking Ulfric Stormcloak is repeating the same stupid, like, rousing speech about the Stormcloaks and, and what he fights for. He, he will not stop. He will not shut up. I go in there, and it triggers this conversation that I've heard over and over. So the, the end result of this is effectively turning me against the Stormcloaks. I don't like those guys. They're annoying, and their leader is, is he gets on my nerves. So He's also a huge racist, so there's that. Yes. I I don't, yeah, I don't want to support <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, the, uh, uh, that Blood on the Ice quest is super bugged. Like, I can't finish it. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, blood I, on the Ice? Yeah. So it's a, I, I'm hesitant to say too much about it, but it's basically a murder mystery. Yeah, uh, and, and McMaster, I don't think it's bugged. I think you just haven't figured it out. No, I'm pretty sure I figured it out. I know who does it, and I have definitive proof. <laughs> Can I ask what can you without spoiling things? Can you say how you think it's bugged, and I can maybe decide. Well, I, I have like a written journal with the guy's name signed in it, talking about all the horrible things he's done. Okay. <laughs> and I can't turn it into pretty good evidence right there. <laughs> it really is. So, aren't you supposed to go talk to a woman in town who has been writing about this? Yeah, and she doesn't have any. Um, she doesn't have anything for me. I feel like, like I did this, but I don't have it on my quest log at all. Yeah, I did it. So what happens is Viola Venderson, yeah, or whatever she, her name she is. She doesn't have any dialogue options for me. Like, I, when you talk to her, she just says, well, you know, and walks off or whatever. And have so. you found the murderer's lair? You mean the, the house? Yeah. Uh, the abandoned place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I found all the hidden stuff, yep. Got all the journals. I know so, the dude who does it. Doesn't it in your him. quest log tell you pretty specifically what the next step is? No. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now that can't be true because whenever what does it say when you go to Blood on the Ice? Like, what's the very top entry? It's going to have a little diamond that's not checked. Like, talk to Jovel on occasion, but I go talk to him. He has nothing for me. So. I guess I don't have this one. I can't help you out. Hmm, McMaster. I think you're just a terrible detective. What do you think of that? I I don't agree with that. <laughs> I th I think I'm playing a Bethesda game. And hey, on occasion, <laughs> might I remind you of my post on the front page about Farkas? I love your Farkas story. Yeah, you know what it is. Such I a Farkas around twenty four seven. He's my companion now. I, I met Farkas the other day, and I was like, hey, I know you. My buddy ran into you and had some problems with you. He couldn't care less, but uh, I said that to him. <laughs> it's yeah, like, uh, it, was, it really was the damnedest thing, and it like, almost broke me. It really does. Like, well, it's, like it's, it's, it's like you say, McMaster, it's a Bethesda game. I mean, that's part and parcel of what's going on. It's like 35 hours, and then there's this guy that no matter where I go, 
is charging me to talk at me. Well, I just have to say I'm grateful after the heartache of Fallout New Vegas, which which was just such an unpleasant, just unremittingly, is what a terrible experience that was for me. I, yeah. I I kind of like I had a lockup the other night, and I was like, oh god, it's starting, it's starting. You know, I was convinced <laughs> that I was going to be in for another Fallout New Vegas experience where the game was just going to refuse to work for me, and it was going to just drive me into these maddening dead ends and lockups and. Fortunately, it seemed like just an, an innocent lockup. I, I rebooted everything yeah. fine. Uh, but I, I'm constantly on tinter hooks when I'm doing some of these quests, and I can't quite figure out what's supposed to go on. And I'm like, Did, is something broken? Is it supposed to do this? It, it's it's a little scary. I mean, that's yeah, it comes really with the territory is. when you're playing a Bethesda game. Yeah, it's like, and I knew something was wrong too because when I logged into the freaking game, all of my furniture was gone and my walls in my house. So it's like everything's yeah, laying on the floor. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I should have just rebooted it then. <laughs> well, just make sure you have homeowner's insurance. Yeah, I have Lydia. She was standing around since there were no chairs. <laughs> uh, Justin, have you run into any major bugs? You've logged more time than, than us. Have, uh, uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a quest in... Oh, I have a, I have a really fun bug, actually. Um, you both have been to Markarth, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay, have you both done House the Haunted Horror, House of Haunted Horrors or something like that? House I've of Horrors? done the That's first part of it. I have not gone past the first part of it, though. I okay. haven't gone to look. I, I didn't even get to the first part. My, my bug happens before you even walk in that house. Wow, okay. So <laughs> I meet the guy outside of, outside the house in Markarth, the, you yeah. know, the Inquisitor or whatever. And he's yeah. like, let's go check it out. And no quest pops up, which should have been a, a quick, like, hey, you should probably have this. This is not going to end well for you. But me and my genius, I just walk right in the house after him. And now, basically, the, the the backstory behind this is that this house is supposedly haunted or is used for a Daedric, like yeah. some 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 Daedric worship, Daedric worshippers in there. And Markarth's all against that. So yes. I walk I in, and shit. my guy just stands there and does nothing. And slowly, shit just starts flying around the house. Like oh, I'm sure. talking, that'll, like that'll happen. Like serious, like obvious, really blatant, like. Uh, ectomorphic behavior or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. And much. I, like, walk down. I walk around the house. I find the locked door. I'm like, this obviously is where I need to go. He's not moving. So I go back up to him, and at this point in time, the house has taken the dark descent into the point where everything's hued red. So, like, your, yeah. your vision is very red and very faded. And at the same time, there's just this really loud hammering noise in the background that shakes the controller and the screen yeah. every time it goes off. Sounds to me I look like the it's... guy, and all he says is, "There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go." And I'm like, "Well, shit. This is bug. This isn't good." I walk out, and it's doing it outside in the regular world. <laughs> See what you've done. See what you've done, Justin. You released a terrible evil. <laughs> Ancient. Evil. So yeah, this terrible evil has just haunted my vision apparently. So I can't go anywhere. I go back into the house, and I'm trying to figure out how to break this bug. I go online. It's apparently like a huge known bug. That people like you know you shouldn't go in there in the Xbox version. There's a good chance this might happen. Oh, that's you know, hate hearing. It that. actually it actually worked for me. I actually got Lucky the you. I got the whole thing. So yeah. Oh so, yeah, that happens. I try to figure out. Some guys look like kill the guy and save, and it works. So I just murder this poor guy, and I save, and then I try to go back, and I go back in, I leave, and it's still it's still awful. So I reload. And by this point in time, I've managed to over I've managed to overwrite all three of my autosaves. Oh, nice! And coming out of the house. So now, if I were to go back to the last time I just manually saved, it would be undoing five hours of work. 
You know, and I'm so glad to, well, I, I, that sucks hearing you say that, Justin, but I've been doing, and I should know better than this, I've been, like, just rewriting one save. I need to remember to not do that and, and just keep... Oh, I have, like, 25 saves now. Yeah, I need to do I, that. I rotate too. three or four, um, because I got stupid with Fallout 3. I had, like, four or 500 saves, and it just started <laughs> to get, like... A little crazy. I did the thing recently where I had to free up space on my 360 and was aghast to discover how many saves I had amassed for for Oblivion. It was the same kind of thing, McMaster. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not even going to bother looking. I'm just going to get (laughs) shaved. So yeah, the way I had to end up fixing it was when you kill the guy, the hammering stops, so the screen stops shaking. And so I killed the guy, I left, I had to go through an entire Dragon Shout, uh, dungeon with this awful red faded hue it was difficult as hell and when you redo that it resets your vision after you get the dragon shout like you know it does the, like the, the, uh, right. and the shout comes in and it goes back to normal that fixed the hue so i can't go back into that house in mark Hearth without starting up some serious shit that sounds like a cool quest though i i hate the fact I, that it, now and on it, the reward is awesome it gives you this space. Well, yeah it's a ridiculous maze i haven't actually gotten it yet because i'm kind of Oh, God. Some of the quests are, like, kind of creepy, so I just haven't done that one yet. And I'm a Dark Brotherhood guy, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Is there any uh, ETA for any patchwork? Like, has Bethesda said anything? Um, now, there have been... Yeah, there was, like, PC patches, yes. The problem is that Microsoft has very stringent uh, vetting process on anything that people uh, release, so... Bethesda, even if they wanted to, could not update it without, like, this big process from Microsoft. Whatever, yeah, I remember how well that excuse explained the Fallout New Vegas situation. But the, uh, Microsoft is so stringent about vetting their stuff that I ended up playing Fallout New Vegas and it not working. They, that vetting really worked out real well for them there. Uh, yeah, same thing happened to me. I played New Vegas the week it came out. But yeah. I didn't have as, as miserable a time as you did. I, I completed my main run through i have it now on my shelf but i really want to replay it but you know skyrim i occasionally (laughs) i occasionally put it back in and take a look and it yeah i still uh fallout new vegas locks up for me anytime i get into combat so uh all right so uh there we go so let's try as as we might we went back to a uh skyrim conversation even after talking saints row 3 so that's that's the the gravitational pull of skyrim right there at work uh all right, so that has been our posts of the week, our news of the week, and our games of the week with uh, Justin. Justin, thank you for hanging out with us this week. Hey, no problem. McMaster, what do we have on tap for listeners next week? In theory, we have Shellfish Guy from quarter to three. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, along with him, we'll be choosing posts of the week, news of the week, and games of the week. Awesome. I look forward to it. I have been Tom Chick. This has been Justin McMaster. Jason McMaster. It's, it's cool. <laughs> Justin McMaster. And Jason, you We're just one horrific person together. <laughs> all right. Good night, everyone, and we will see you all next week. Good night. Good nobbing. Later. That's not going to be our closing music. Here's going to be our closing music. It's just so, like, relentlessly. It's like a little calypso, reggae. It's like this offensive horn section. It's just a horrible song. Here, 
here's how we're going to play you out. 